0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired fitness celebrity Billy Blanks. Okay, everybody. Our car just got a broken windshield. How about we blow off some steam? Now punch. Now kick. Uh, Mr. Blanks, there's no need to be stressed. Geico makes it easy to file a claim online, on the app, or over the phone. Yeah, but what if I never hear back? That's going to make me want to go jab and jab. Uh, nope. Your Geico claims team is always there for you. Okay, do I still get my post-workout protein shake? Sure, Billy. Geico. Great service without all the drama. Welcome in, friends and well-wishers. Yes, this is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. And with me, of course, as always, is the one, the only, Jay Zawaski of 670 The Score of the I'm Fat Podcast and actually an official taste tester of 7Up. I didn't know this, but apparently he is. So, Jay, I got to ask you, what makes a good citrus cola?
1: A good balance of lemon and lime, of course. That's most important uh yep. bubbles but not too many mm-hmm. and uh seven up which is in my opinion the goat of the lemon lime sodas the ability to cure a stomach ache when you're not feeling well
0: uh sprite or sierra mist which do you like better
1: i like sprite better sierra Mist is too filling
0: i i like that add that answer that's uh exactly the vibe that i would go for with that but you know what we're not here to talk about soda you know what we're here to talk about
1: the red the Black hot blackhawks. chicago
0: blackhawks
1: Two games in a row, two overtime wins in a row for the Blackhawks over the Dallas Stars. And, uh, dude, we talked about the stretch of four games against Carolina and against Dallas, and the Hawks take seven of eight?
0: That is correct.
1: That is something. Thanks for joining us here on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at MadhousePod, Instagram, Madhouse underscore pod. You can email us, madhousepod at gmail.com buy our merchandise madhousepodmerch.com powered by our friends at triple threat sports for all your team outfitting needs call chris 708-478-6090 for all your team outfitting needs wait no i said that twice if you can wear it they can make it at triple threat sports chris at triple threat and uh everything madhouse podcast lives at madhousepod.com including the opportunity to order a signed copy of my book. I just got a new case at my house. I've got about 19 left. So if you've been holding out hope uh, to get a signed book by me, go to madhousepod.com slash book, and you can do that there. All right, without further ado, let us sing the praises of our beloved Chicago Blackhawks. And James, I can't help but think back to the two podcasts we did after the games against Tampa and how we were just sort of resigned to, it's going to be a tough year more games are going to be ugly than they are pretty, but lo and behold, the Chicago Blackhawks are competitive. Dare I say, good, pretty good.
0: Hmm. Let's see. We we kind of have to uh, temper ourselves at least a little bit here because I know that you know this. We're still early in the season. We're only a quarter of the way into this thing, but I mean, you you just have to look at it. The Blackhawks. We definitely were looking at them as a team that were going to have probably some growing pains this season. A lot of really young guys on the roster, obviously. Weren't sure how any of them really were going to kind of react to the you know, the pressures of the big stage, and yet it's really those guys who are driving this whole thing. You've got Kevin in who is playing just insane netminder and goal for the Blackhawks they came into this game today since January 22nd had the best save percentage in the NHL since that time better than 940 save percentage for the Blackhawks since January 22nd and obviously has been a huge part of that was awesome again tonight especially in the second period of this game and then even on the last goal of the game the game winner in overtime Who was it that was making the play happen? It was Lankinen. first NHL point for him, by the way. You had Brandon Hagel crashing the net on that play, and then you had Pugh Suter scoring the goal after making the turnover that led to the first Dallas goal of the game. Suter's the one who seals the game winner, his fifth goal of the season. It's these young kids, man, and I know that obviously Alex Debrinkit and Patrick Kane have both been really awesome, but... This youth movement for the Blackhawks, just top to bottom, the young guys are getting it done, and man, is it fun to watch.
1: It's pretty wild to think that this team is arriving as soon as it is, and and you're right. We're we're all excited. We're basking in the glory of this, Um, and we should be. You should be enjoying it. The point of being a sports fan is to enjoy it when good things happen to your team, but what I'm saying is you've got a team who you really weren't sure what to expect this year, right? You know... You were excited about Kirby Doc, then he's out for the year. And then Taves is out, and you're like, okay, well, any hopes they had of being at least halfway decent are pretty much out the window. Well, we're at the quarter mark right now of the season, believe it or not. And I know you're going to look at the standings, you see the Hawks in third place. It's not really real because they have four games in hand against a lot of teams in a division. But winning percentage-wise, they're fifth. They are uh, one spot out of a playoff spot in the Discover Central Division. Please give it its full name. Uh Tampa Bay with an 850 winning percentage second is Florida at 800 Carolina 700 uh, Dallas 650 then the Blackhawks 571 so they're right there they're within striking distance and um, you know I wanted to get to this a little bit later but it hasn't been thrown out that Jonathan Taves is coming back this year I was reading Ben Pope's piece Stan Bowman addressed this on Sunday here's a quote I don't have an update on Jonathan, and when I say this, I mean it. It's not like we have any additional information that we're holding back. All we know is he's not ready to play right now. When he's feeling better and ready to join the team, he'll be back. I have no doubt, knowing Jonathan as long as I have, that when he's ready to be back, he'll be back. Until that happens, we're just giving him the time and the space needed. We're not really trying to hound him. He knows that we're ready to embrace him when he's feeling up to it, and until that happens... We're going to let him work through things on his own timeline. This does not sound like, look, and, and the, the reality I understand it is that people still don't really know what's going on. I know there's been a million Twitter rumors. People tweet at me and at you all the time and say, what about these rumors? Twitter rumors are hugely, hugely dangerous. There are usually one guy says it. Then someone else says, I heard this. I heard this too. And it spreads like wildfire don't believe it the people in the organization don't know and if they did Stan Bowman wouldn't be saying he'll be back when he's ready to be back that's not how you talk when you think someone's got something that's going to keep him out for their career or whatever but it's just kind of crazy to think that here they are competing against the best teams in the league holding their own looking good and they're not even close to full strength
0: Right, missing their top two centers for sure. And you had mentioned earlier the win percentage for the Blackhawks and kind of where they're at with that. I saw an interesting piece in the – again, another interesting piece in the Athletic yesterday. It was basically a breakdown of the projected standings for the rest of the season. They have the Chicago Blackhawks. We had, t- we had kind of discussed where they kind of fit into the grand scheme of things in the Central Division, I know, on a previous podcast. The Blackhawks right now, according to The Athletic, going into games yesterday, so this has not been updated through today, projected to have 59 points, which is tied with Nashville for fifth in the Central Division and one point ahead of Columbus. They have a 26% chance of making the playoffs. According to The Athletic, they are currently projected to finish six points behind the Florida Panthers. So The Athletic... Not thinking this is necessarily overly flukish for the Blackhawks. They think they're going to probably be right there in that four to five range. And I hate to say this because, you know, we're only a quarter of the way into the season. Fourth place gets you into the playoffs, man.
1: Yep. And when I'm trying to look at this thing, I'm trying to think of where's the regression coming from. Right. Like, okay, what's going to drop off drastically and there's going to be a reality check for the Blackhawks? Safe to assume that Kevin is not going to have a 940 save percentage for the whole season.
0: That would seem unlikely.
1: The other thing would be, I don't think the power play will continue at the success rate it's had all year. Those, no, those are two things you could probably count on slipping a little bit. Player wise, Kurashev's shooting percentage is like 25. That's <laughs> not going to st- that's not going to stay right. That's not going to remain where it's at.
0: I'm guessing that's correct.
1: But at the same time. Okay, those three things or whatever aside, and there's probably a few more. Eventually Carl Soderberg's gonna figure things out. He's looked better every game when he starts getting to game speed and learning the system and all those sort of things. Ian Mitchell's gonna continue to improve. Nicholas Bodan, by the way. Really solid game. Nothing to show for it on the score sheet, but fifteen twenty eight of Ice Time.
0: That dude is making a a case to continue playing even when Adam Boquist is up to speed and ready to. Go. Well,
1: that's what I was. That's what I was leading to. And you and I had this discussion before we started the podcast. You dress seven defensemen without Connor Murphy, and without um, uh, Adam Boquist ready to play. Madison uh, Bowie gets in a game, and you know you have a reason for that, which you'll explain to the listeners here in a moment. But you dress seven without two of your best. Could there be a deal coming? Could the Hawks be looking at this thing and saying, look, how do we bench Bodan? How do we bench Carlson? How do we bench these young defensemen that have played so well when we've been talking nothing but development, development, development? Maybe a move's coming. Maybe maybe a Calvin DeHaan or a Connor Murphy or somebody like that is going to get shipped out of town to make room for these guys. They said, when we talked to Stan Bowman and everyone else on earth talked to Stan Bowman, we were sort of, confronting him with this log jam like what are you going to do you've got all these players and only so many spots and he said well if guys play well that that's a good problem to have and it gives us the opportunity to make some moves around it so maybe the maybe a move is coming sooner than we think I don't know but right now I just want to enjoy how well the Hawks are playing how competitive they're being and one thing I want to get to before I forget over the last few, what, maybe five days or so, twice, Alex had has mentioned the team buying into the system. Patrick Kane has mentioned it once as well. At some point, gang, we're going to have to give some credit to Jeremy Colleton. I know it's hard. I know everyone doesn't like him. I know he's far too attractive, and I know that he replaced a legend. But at some point, if this team was getting their ass kicked, you would blame Jeremy Colleton, You have to give them some credit when they're being way more competitive than anyone expected. And, oh, yeah, Stan Bowman has to get some credit, too.
0: Okay, so here's where I'm at with all of that. You hit it right on the
1: button there, Jay.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Stan. (laughs) I'm not going to acknowledge that you hit it right on the button, Dagnabbit. Let Stan do that. But... I think where I would start is something that you had mentioned previously in this podcast, which was the idea of regression, the idea that there are certain things the Blackhawks are doing well right now that they're not going to probably continue to do the rest of the season. You brought up Philip Kurashev's shot percentage, Kevin Lincoln and save percentage. Yes, those are obviously going to go down. The power play percentage will go down. The penalty kill, which... Out of nowhere, yeah, all of a sudden, the really. Blackhawks have killed, I think it's like 26 of their last 27 penalties or something like that. It's insane how well special teams has been playing for this team, and they really have been kind of carrying the load we see it game after game the possession numbers are going against the Blackhawks not to an insane degree most of the time but enough to be noticeable and the special teams are really kind of helping to even that out and so is the goaltending for this team so what I would say about Jeremy Colleton and this idea of giving him credit I'm going to say at this moment right now ignoring what's going to happen coming up here down the line I'm going to give Colleton credit for creating power play units that have worked for creating offensive lines that have worked and potentially for helping to develop some guys that I think hadn't quite taken the steps that they've currently taken in the NHL. I'm looking at a guy like Matthias Janmark as a good example of that. Obviously Suter is a guy who we can put into that category as well, since he obviously is new to the North American game. I'm going to give him credit for those things. But what I'm going to do is withhold some of the credit that I think other people might be ready to kind of throw at his feet. I'm going to withhold that until we see the regression that is going to come in this special teams area. And until we kind of know a little bit more about the long term. Uh, prognosis of Jonathan Taves coming back into this mix and see how the team kind of reacts to that if he does end up being out for the remainder of the season or anything like that. I'm going to go ahead and play it cautiously. I'll parcel out a little bit of credit to Jeremy Colleton, but I think there are a lot of caveats that you have to attach to that.
1: Oh, I still can't stand the defensive system. The man-to-man thing drives me crazy. And there was The, a moment... the whole
0: idea of switching spots on the ice, the Blackhawks yeah. are not fast enough to do it. You cannot tell me that that system works for a guy like Calvin freaking DeHaan. Or Nikita And it... Oh, my God, no. That's why
1: even <laughs> in games they win, there are shifts where the Hawks are pinned deep for two, two and a half minutes. And there was a moment today because it affects the forwards too. third period. The puck is coming from behind Dallas's net up the left wing board. So you're looking at your TV left to right. Dallas's goalie is on the left uh, and the Hawks are on the right. So the puck's coming on the left side of your TV from behind Dallas's goal up the left wing boards. Kubalik is right there, but kubalik has got to get to his man. So Kublik abandons a puck <laughs> that's coming his way in the <laughs> offensive zone. But that that see anyway, it's not a night to get to rip the system. The system meh, uh, not a huge fan, but it's getting results. It's getting results right now, so I'm not gonna complain too much. But that to me is the thing with Cowan. is like, what are you looking at that makes you think the system's gonna work anyway? Anyway, beyond that. I, I just think that. We need to, and I say this about players all the time, don't evaluate them based on who they were traded for. Evaluate them based on how they play. You've got to say the same thing about Jeremy Cowden. Don't don't analyze Jeremy Cowden based on replacing Joel Quenville because you're not going to find any coach that's going to live up to that standard unless Scotty Bowman's coming
0: downstairs. And I think we've seen enough over the years of the Blackhawks power play being comically bad that... Credit does have to be given for the way that's turned around, and I know, obviously, we're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop and for them to go through some struggles, but kudos to Colleton and the coaching staff. They got the guys in the right positions to make that successful, and that does include Nicholas Bodan, who, again, was a really good weapon and a good asset on that power play tonight, like you said, even though he didn't get on the score sheet. Bodan yeah. just, he fits that role so well. He plays with confidence. He's assertive. You know what he does, Jay Zawoski? He does things immediately. He doesn't overthink it. He acts, and that is exactly what you need out of a power play quarterback, and that dude does it. How the hell do you take him out of the lineup right now? You
1: can't. You can't. And I tweeted it yesterday when I saw that Bocas was off the COVID list. What do you expect the Hawks to do with D. Now, we did find out that Boquist did indeed have COVID, so even though he's been removed from the COVID list, he's not ready to play just yet. He's going to skate and get back in game shape and probably feeling physically better uh, before he takes the ice again. But I think it's seven defensemen going forward until they figure out something else. Because you're right, you cannot sit Nicholas Bodin. There's no way. And if you look at the guys who you could probably justify sitting... I know everyone wants to sit Zadorov, but his last two games have been significantly better, significantly Mm -hmm. better. And this is a free look at a guy who the Hawks think could be a pretty solid defenseman today. I wrote this down the other day. Just, you know, I was sitting here at my computer as I do sometimes, just kind of daydreaming and thinking about Connor Murphy's development. Okay. When Connor Murphy got to Chicago, He was an unfinished product, right? He was not really, you could tell there was, you could see, okay, there's a little bit of, you maybe see what Sam Bowman saw there when he traded for him. Connor Murphy was drafted 20th overall in 2011. Uh, The last game he played was his 455th NHL game. So really came into his own, probably where you counted on him every night as as a key piece of the team last season. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I'd say so. Okay,
1: so about 400 games into his NHL career, right? Yeah. Nikita Zadorov drafted 16th overall in 2013, has played 368 games. And I know people look at him and see this giant guy, and they see, you know, first-round pick. They see that he's been traded um, from Colorado to Chicago. Well, Connor Murphy was a first-round pick. He was traded to another team. It takes defensemen time to develop, I know everyone's frustrated with the Doros play. I am too, but I don't want to see him sit because I feel like that could be a pretty key piece in the years to come, and I want to give him as much of a look as you can. When it's a development year, that's the guy you want to take a look at because he's a restricted free agent. you got to figure out what you're going to do with him, resign him, let him go, whatever. So if you're going to sit guys, to me, they're never going to sit Keith. It's Murphy, it's DeHaan, those are my two candidates to sit when Bocas comes back.
0: I think you can rephrase that as even if they tried to sit Keith, he would tell Jeremy <laughs> Collison to go screw himself.
1: Basically, yes, he would go hockey Jesus on him and tell him to go screw himself. He
0: so, would like, pull the Obi Wan Kenobi thing and like wave his hand, and Collison <laughs> would suddenly think he's a chicken.
1: But look, like the, again, it's a good problem to have. But the Hawks have a serious, and look, it's not just a log jam on defense when. When Taves comes back, if he comes back this year, and Kirby Doc come back next year, there's other guys that probably deserve to play that aren't going to play.
0: And it also, I need to remind you, Lucas Walmart and Ryan Carpenter are still on yes, the COVID list. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know. It's I never thought. And here's what I, the thing I asked myself: Had Taves and Doc not been hurt, would Kurashev have gotten a look? I don't know.
0: I don't think he would have. I, I think the numbers game would have worked against him. I do. I easily think Suter would have been in the mix. I cannot say the same thing about Kurashev.
1: Yeah. So I don't want to say blessing in disguise, but it's good these guys got to look. And now I wonder, too, if they're like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't have signed Carl Soderbergh <laughs> because it's, <laughs> it's a guy we're getting. I mean, it's a million bucks. It's not the end easily of the world. Tradable, easily dude, tradable, dude. Easily tradable. Absolutely easily tradable. But. Uh, I think they see him as like, well, he's here, so we might as well play him. But that would be a guy, too, if they're looking to make a move. I, I, if he's here at the deadline, I'm shocked. Unless they are somehow truly competing for a playoff spot, maybe they keep him around. But if they are if they start to regress a little bit, as we expect, they probably will a little bit. I, I think he is maybe the top candidate to be moved at the deadline. <clears throat>
0: I I keep thinking about moving Connor Murphy, and I keep thinking it's that tough. It sounds like a good idea because you can potentially get assets back for him, but it's really hard to find a guy who can play at his level for the cost that he brings. And I know the Blackhawks are not going to operate as a cap ceiling team right now, as they're kind of trying to, excuse me, go through this rebuilding process, but. I don't know, man. I just I don't know if you wanna necessarily mess with this mix and I know you do need to get guys like Lucas Carlson and Wyatt Kalyanuk and these guys more time as they're healthy and they're able to play. <sighs> I don't know, man. Trading a guy like Murphy is really hard. I don't know how I feel about it right now. I'm I'm extremely torn, I guess well, I would say.
1: Well let's look at it here. Connor Murphy's twenty seven. Uh, he makes 3.85 million this year and next, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. So he'll be due a pretty large contract. Mm -hmm. We know he's got back issues. However, he's only 27. He is probably your best defending defenseman right now.
0: I think you were absolutely correct in saying that
1: he's a leader. He can play both sides. Um, you know, that's a guy who he wears an and that sweater. That means something. Mm. I don't know. It th- That's the thing. So now maybe you look at your organizational depth and say, well, Bodan's playing really well. Maybe you can get something more for him. I don't know. Stan Bowman is in a tough spot here. What do you do? And how do I mean, you tell? So- and now you've got fans like, wait a minute. They're starting to notice the Hawks. And then they're going to trade a veteran. I don't know. It's really tough, man. There are a lot of questions that... Maybe he wasn't prepared for Maybe Maybe this team is better quicker than he expected. But, hey, man, good for I us. Hate, good I for hate Hawks fr- fans.
0: I hate to frame it like this. And, you know, beat me up if you must, Blackhawks nation, whatever. If it's getting to close to the trade deadline and the Blackhawks are still hanging around that playoff race, the right thing to do probably for the development of the team is to unload a veteran and to get young guys more playing time. Agreed. But you're not going to lose enough games to get a good draft pick if you do that. So why not hold on to the veterans, roll the dice, and see what you can do? And that, like, kind of goes against the whole idea of a rebuild. But playoff opportunities are few and far between sometimes in this league when you're trying to rebuild. And can you imagine the impact that a playoff appearance would have on a guy like a suitor, a guy like a Boquist, a guy like a Bodan? It'd be awesome. Like, ugh. You're in a weird position there because it's like, well, even if we trade guys now, we're not going to finish, you know, seventh or eighth in the division. We're not going to get a very high draft pick. At that point, you might have to just go for it and say, screw the trade thing. It's not a not a fun position for, you know, me to imagine. But I'm sure Stan Bowman could think of way worse problems to potentially have to deal with than that.
1: Hold that thought real quick. Hold that thought because it's a good one. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends at Dr. Squatch. You saw Dr. Squatch on the damn Super Bowl. I did not know Squatch had Super Bowl money. I'm going to have to renegotiate our deal.
0: I was was (laughs) going to bring that up today, but you beat me to it.
1: So now, you know, by seeing the commercial, Dr. Squatch is a premier handmade in the USA soap, hair care, skin care company. I love them. I took a picture of my shower the other day and put it on our Instagram story. I had four bars of Dr. Squatch lined up the hair care kit It was a view inside my shower from the angle you want to see where you can't see my nude, lathered body at all. It's all just soap and shampoo, I promise. Um, Go to DrSquatch.com. Peruse the items you see there. When you're ready to check out, enter that promo code MADHOUSE20. You'll save 20% on your order while helping the podcast at the same time. I'm going to recommend a couple of specific items. The new soap. I just got it. The wood barrel bourbon. This is a quote from my wife. Jay, if you wear that, I'll do things to you. <laughs> so you're gonna want to get yourself at least a couple bars of the wood barrel bourbon. That's a brand new one. My Mine favorite is, is in
0: the mail, by the way, so I'm hoping my wife says the same thing to me.
1: Well, I smelling it myself, James, I think she's going to. Mm. And uh, my favorite, the cool fresh aloe and the cold brew cleanse, those are my favorites. But the hair care kit's great, the toothpaste is great, and I love the deodorant, especially the bay rum deodorant, absolutely fantastic. DrSquatch.com promo code Madhouse20 to save 20% on your order of $20 or more. All right, back to the thought you're holding. You said, what could a playoff experience do for Boquist, Bodan, those guys? Now that we're a quarter way into the season and we look at the Blackhawks that had first-time playoff experiences last year uh-huh. to brink it. Dock Doc, Dylan Strome. Did he ever make the playoffs as a Coyote? I don't think so.
0: I don't think so either, but if we're wrong, I'm sure the fans will let us know.
1: There's people that had their first playoff experiences last year. And of those names I listed, all of them have had significantly better seasons and starts to the season than they did last year. Debrink is playing at an all-star level right now he is, he is supremely confident with the puck he is effective in all zones i have been really impressed with his play and you're seeing why this guy got a six and a half million dollar contract last year he is showing it dylan Strom yeah. has been effective in all zones uh mm-hmm. on the power play setting up plays from behind the net getting in front of the net when it's his turn to do so and on and on and on so and look it's, maybe it's a stretch to draw a direct correlation between last year's playoffs and their improvements. They're just good players and they got better. But it seems like that exposure, even, you know, Highmore. Look how good Highmore played in the playoffs last year. Those mm-hmm. things do matter. And that's what Stan Bowman's going to have to decide is if they truly have a playoff shot, and who knows if they will, how do you treat the trade deadline? That is the maybe the biggest question going forward right now.
0: In my ideal world, the best scenario that I could think of right now for the Blackhawks would be instead of selling at the trade deadline, you stand pat. Stand pat. And the big acquisition that you make is adding Jonathan Taves back into this mix. Can you imagine a Jonathan Taves who only has 15 games or so? Of wear on his tires if he comes back later in the season and then is healthy for the playoffs.
1: And probably super motivated too.
0: God, that'd be huge for them. And I and it kind of it's still in the back of my mind, there's all these alarm bells going off right now because we're talking about Blackhawks and playoffs in the same sentence and not being laughed off of the podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> with the way they have played, and all of the caveats thrown out there that we have thrown out there during this edition of the show, it's not obscene to suggest that they can sneak in as a four seed right now based on the way that they're playing. We didn't think Kevin Lankinen was going to be this good. We kind of had an inkling that Suter would be solid, not what he's been. Kurishev obviously has been a huge blessing for the team. Hell, Matias Yanmark has five flipping goals. Yeah.
1: Seriously, it's
0: like, OK, like you just look up and down this roster and it's just like, guy I didn't expect to perform. Guy I didn't expect. Guy I didn't expect. Da, da, da. And then you add on top of that, the Stroms and the Brinkets and the Canes who have taken the steps forward. And, you know, obviously, in Kane's case, at least the consistent play that he's shown. This team's really interesting. They're really fun. And the things that they're doing well and the players that are playing well right now. It's awesome, man. I'm really enjoying this.
1: No, and, and if you're not enjoying it, I mean, why are you even a fan? You know, it's you might want to say, "Oh, you know, big picture they're losing draft position, whatever. Fine.
0: Who the hell cares? They weren't going to get the number 1 pick. Have you seen how bad Detroit is and Ottawa? Get out of here. They're not getting the number 1 pick.
1: Yeah, they're they're not very good all right why don't we do this uh we're getting this is a post-game podcast officially so we're gonna take
0: a little (laughs) we're gonna take
1: a little time Uh, we
0: blew past that a long time ago Uh,
1: we're gonna take a time out and we're gonna come back and preview the uh always fun columbus blue jackets uh they're up next for the blackhawks they've been in the news a little bit over the last 24 hours uh we'll be right back with more on the madhouse chicago hockey podcast
0: Welcome back in, friends, to this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. It was supposed to be a post-game show. It's kind of morphing into almost a full-on podcast, but you know what? Let us bless your ears with the gospel that is the Chicago Blackhawks. I did want to point out, Jay, before we jump into our series preview with the Columbus Blue Jackets, you've been talking a lot on the podcast about the new soundboard that you have and how overjoyed you are <laughs> to have this toy. The best part of it is is that I actually get to listen to our bumper music and our theme music in my (laughs) headphones before we start, whereas before it would just kind of be a cold open to the show. It's been awesome to rock out to those tunes, man.
1: Yeah, uh, that's something I hadn't considered because just to let people know, the way James and I usually do the podcast is we hook up to a site called Clean Feed, which connects us audio-wise, and then I record it, and then I just add all the production elements to it, With this new soundboard, the RODECaster Pro, I can actually do the entire podcast in real time like from my fingertips. That's why I can do fancy stuff like this. You hit it right on the button there, Jay. And this. I have done a lot of these guys, but I got to say this one was probably the the best kind of rhythm. I think you guys have a pretty good handle on things. Thanks, Stan. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Stuff like that, just at at the touch of a button. So that music you heard is courtesy of Greg Henkin. Greg is my guitar teacher. He is awesome. Uh, he wrote those things uh, for the podcast. I said, I want something upbeat, kind of rock and roll, but not too like grungy or metally, because it doesn't really fit our moods. Uh, GregsGuitarLessons.com. If you are looking to pick up the guitar, they're all done virtually over Zoom. It's awesome. It's really great. Greg is the best. Go to the description in any of our bios and all of Greg's info is in there you can find him on twitter at greg overtone uh awesome guy he's become a good friend uh, but an even better guitar teacher so if you've been looking to pick up an instrument over the quarantine it's never too late hit up gregsguitarlessons.com or at greg overtone on Twitter, and let them know that uh, Jay and James from the Madhouse Podcast sent you.
0: I can't believe we're big time enough to have our own freaking like theme music. That's so freaking cool. Dude.
1: Well, that's out of um, legal <laughs> obligation.
0: Obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure our listeners know. If we tried to just rip off music from somebody, we might get in trouble.
1: Well, we were playing "The Beautiful People" by Marilyn yep. Manson, yeah. uh, which is what the Hawks took the ice to, and we did "Stranglehold" for a while.
0: We and we did not get any season to desist letters about this. I'm guessing because nobody listened to the show back
1: then. No, I well, it was always sort of a risk. Um, but I as the podcast got bigger, I thought, eh, you know what? I've got this friend. I want to give him. You know, he he's hooking me up with guitar lessons, so I want to, you know, give him some praise back and some promotion back. So I had him write this music. We put in all the descriptions. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned Greg Henkin at Gregsguitarlessons.com because he's awesome. Love it. Uh awesome, awesome dude. All right, next up for the high flying cold steel on ice Chicago Blackhawks are the Columbus Blue Jackets who just added Patrick Line. And sure enough, as they add Patrick Line, John Tortorella benches. Patrick Line. John Laine.
0: Tortorella does John Tortorella E <laughs> thanks It's amazing. Oh my God.
1: It's so funny.
0: It's so funny. I
1: saw it last night because someone the way I saw it was someone posted a side-by-side of the ice time that Pierre-Luc Dubois got before he got traded, and it said, like, benched. And then it was the same thing for uh Lina. I'm like, oh, that can't be real. He didn't really bench him. Sure enough, what is Line's sure third did. like third game with Columbus?
0: Uh, fourth game, and he had already scored three <laughs> goals in those games. Oh,
1: my God. Now, I wonder why Panarin and Bobrovsky and star players are not staying in Columbus. Hmm. It's so
0: hard to figure out. I saw an interesting... Report today, I think it was even from Aaron line who said there are rumblings that this might actually be John Tortorella trying to get himself fired. <laughs> it's like
1: what? he's just doing everything he can <laughs> to lose the job.
0: That's essentially what it seems like right now. Like it, it's um what was the show the producers was the movie that they had tried they were trying to make it a musical that was so awful that it would like get canceled after one performance and they would make a bunch of money and it ended up that everybody loved it and they had to like keep doing it. Wasn't that how the producers went?
1: I believe so. I believe that's correct.
0: I mean, it's it's almost like John Tortorella is Matthew Broderick or Nathan Lane whichever role you want to assign him he's trying to get fired and they won't do it
1: well if he keeps it up a bunch of Tortorella supporters are going to storm the capital of Ohio so just keep your eye on that just to uh, do the worst job possible and people will love you forever
0: look out Mike DeWine you're next
1: oh, good lord
0: um, um so anyway yeah. the, the Blue Jackets <laughs> are coming back to Chicago theoretically
1: a little bit of a schedule break for the Hawks after Carolina and Dallas they've got columbus and the mighty red wings oh Um,
0: thank god we get to play them again
1: so i don't know man it's so hard to preview series because it's like i feel like you and me are waiting for the other shoe to drop on the blackhawks but maybe i they just took seven of eight from carolina and dallas i expect good results against detroit and columbus then
0: I hate to be this guy, Uh-oh. but I think the Red Wings are allowing fans at Little Caesars Arena. So if, if Blackhawks fans want to go up to Detroit, I think you can get in. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just
1: wait. We're almost there. <laughs> we're, we're almost there
0: throw some octopi on the ice <laughs> do it a few
1: more months guys we can do this come on
0: i i do not intend to make the trip let's just go ahead and i'll throw that out there but i just saw on espn that there are tickets available to those games and i was like wait a minute really i
1: heard a concert uh commercial on the score today for uh the weekend's tour
0: i'm like uh, 2022 is when he's going. Hey, on still,
1: oh, speaking of that, saw on Notre Dame's Facebook page today, we're announcing a series against the Florida Gators starting in 2031. Like, cool. I'm going to put that in my calendar right now. Thank you. Thanks um, for the heads I up.
0: Believe they, I believe they even have a, a series scheduled out further than that, I think, against Oklahoma.
1: Well, we all look forward to that when I'll be in my
0: 50s. <laughs> By the way, uh, NHL players who get drafted this year were born in the year 2003, the year that I graduated high school. Mwah. Good night, everybody.
1: I was two years out of college.
0: Oh man! <laughs> you know what? Let's talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know,
1: we just really end the sad. podcast. I just want to. Um. <laughs> I just want to go. I going to go drink heavily. No, go ahead.
0: Give them their. All go- right, so we'll, Blue Jackets. Okay, what did we learn about I'm the Blue pout. Jackets? The first times these guys, te- these two teams played. What lessons do we carry forward now?
1: Uh, That's a good question. Um, I'm under the impression that they're just a really solid team. And every time you play Columbus, they're going to give you a game. It's going to be competitive. They're going to play hard. Um, They're probably better than the sum of their parts, while at the same time having awesome players that a lot of people don't know about. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like every game against Columbus is kind of a coin flip.
0: Who's their leading scorer right now, Jay?
1: Oh, boy. Off the top of my head, I have no idea. I'm not even going to venture a guess. Nick Foligno.
0: Uh, Nick Felino is tied for the team lead in goals. He is in third with seven points.
1: Is it Zach Werenski, defenseman?
0: It is not.
1: Mm. Seth Jones. Nope. Rick Nash. Lyle <laughs> Not Odeline.
0: Riley Nash either.
1: No, I meant Rick. I'm just going through classic Columbus Blue Jackets because I'm old enough I to have those. I just think it's funny exist.
0: that they have a they have Riley Nash and they had Rick Nash. I was just pointing that yeah. out.
1: Yeah. Jody Shelley. <laughs> Ron Tugnut.
0: Marco Dano.
1: <laughs> oh, All right.
0: right. Who... Wait, no, no, sorry. It was Jeremy Morin. My bad.
1: Um, no, Dano was a Blue Jacket.
0: Was he... Jeremy Morin a Blue Jacket? I don't know. Oh, Who's the man, leading score? Just... Give it to me. Okay, so if you play fantasy hockey, which oh. by the way we have an announcement oh, to yeah. make about that. If you play fantasy hockey, odds are you are very familiar with the exploits of one Oliver Bjorkstrand oh, who leads God. the Blue Jackets with four goals, leads them with seven assists and leads them with 23 penalty minutes.
1: He's a good player.
0: He is. I really enjoyed watching him play. Uh Alexander Texier,
1: Texier? has four yep. goals.
0: Tied for the team leading goals for the Blue Jackets. Anyway, fantasy hockey. Jay, go promote. Do this thing. All right. Take our
1: money. We talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago. The idea of having a FanDuel weekly game. And I spoke with the people at FanDuel. And the only way we can really do this is by forming a league. Okay. So that's what I did. If you go to the Madhouse podcast Twitter, you'll see a tweet I sent last night saying hey we started this fan duel league we're going to play every thursday night regardless of who's playing that night if the hawks are playing or not it just has to be once a week so we chose thursdays because it's usually a pretty busy slate of games um so join that league and in every match it'll be five bucks a, a week uh 20 entries per week and winner takes all so it's like i think it, it comes out to like the winnings are like 90 bucks or something like that so Join it. It'll be fun. And you just draft a team that night, there's going to be like a little bit of a salary cap, and you draft your team accordingly. But it's a lot of fun. Five bucks a week. Uh, Come play fantasy hockey with us on FanDuel. Make sure you download. That's on the FanDuel Fantasy app. They also have the Sportsbook app, which is different. This is just the FanDuel Fantasy app. Create your account. Make sure you follow that link when you create your account, because that helps us out as well. Um, and then join our league and we'll have uh we'll have a ton of fun just playing fantasy hockey once a week with each other. And again, you're How'd you
0: do on wagering on the Super Bowl, by the way, spending a fan duel?
1: Real bad. I didn't bet a lot though. <laughs> um I bet I always do first touchdown and I I uh bet on Travis Kelsey. That was over quick. And then <laughs> after the first quarter, there were pretty attractive odds on the Chiefs winning. Mm-hmm. So I jumped on those, and I, I. But that's it. I just I lost both. But I did win a hundred bucks in squares and Super Bowl squares. So very I very nicely done. I broke more than even.
0: I I won a couple of bets. I the main one that I was proud of was uh, first sack before the first touchdown, which I did win. Well, I, I had a ticket for Devin White to win MVP of the Super Bowl. Led the Buccaneers in tackles. Had the interception at the end of the game. If he had won, I had plus 5,000 odds on Devin White. I would have made a nice little tidy sum of money, but unfortunately, Tom Brady had other ideas. Yeah,
1: I just felt like if whoever the MVP was going to be, it was going to be a quarterback, especially if it was Tampa. If Tampa won, you knew that Brady was going to have to play well, and then if he played good to or above average, he was going to win the MVP. So right. the, there was the uh I forgot I changed my Kelsey one. The Kelsey one was a combo bet. It was Kelsey first touchdown Mahomes MVP.
0: That went really poorly for you. I know
1: but when you make that bet you're like, "All right, that was a, I would have won like it was a 10 dollar bet. I would have won like 190, like some like really big number."
0: Did you see the Pat McAfee bet where he had like the six leg parlay involving like touchdowns for it was like Gronk, Fournette, and Antonio Brown, and then a couple of other things? He turned 500 bucks into like 28000 or something Damn. like that. See, those
1: are fun. I like those. Those, like, yeah, when you stack the parlays, I got to start doing min- that more often.
0: I, I won't mention that he lost $30,000 on the coin flip of the game. So <laughs> that's,
1: that's dumb. <laughs> I mean, you deserve We're, it.
0: We're we're so far off the path on this. Um, this. This clearly shows how invested we are in these upcoming games against Columbus just because I get to sit there and watch John Tortorella's smug, stupid face as he sits there in his little sweater vest and he has the gleam in his eye as he benches star players and, you know, acts like a benevolent dictator, essentially. You
1: could have stopped it. Benevolent Dick, um, I just hope Heyo. the Hawks play well enough to have him bench a superstar. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can we bet on that on FanDuel? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe. Well, I'll look into it. But yeah, make sure to go to the Madhouse Podcast Twitter at Madhouse Pod. Uh, find that invite. I'll retweet it uh, right now, so it'll be easier to find. And join us on Thursday for some fantasy hockey. With that, we're going to wrap things up. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Hawks play Thursday and Saturday. Saturday. So we'll probably talk to you on Monday. I would look for our next podcast on Monday. But until then, for my partner James DeVoe, this is Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marichka's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch, and by Fry the Coop.
1: When the big wireless carriers start trying to get you to splurge your tax return on the latest nonsense this year, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199 on
0: America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, available at Walmart. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com.
1: Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters.